Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go race. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. A very diverse cast of automobile racing characters. With your host, NBC Sports television analyst and part-time midget racer, it's D. Welch, and Mr. Dylan Welch. Yeah, you damn right I got that out there. Oh, that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman they can't see. And an expert in only one category, food. Yeah, look how big those things are. A little meat on the bone there. And cook perfect. Well, sometimes racing, but mostly food. When you're talking a, a meal, like before I'm about to die, I will ask for 15 to 20 it's heavy lunch, Tyler Burnett. The past couple weeks, Dylan and I have been discussing the fact that we wanted to get right to our interviews and uh, make these things a little bit quicker. So let's jump right into it. We are now joined on the Loud Pedal Podcast this week on episode 36 by Kyle Hamilton. What's up, buddy? How are you? Good. How are you guys? Good. All right, Dylan. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, and Ty, before you came in, we were just, uh, Kyle and I were just reminiscing about how, uh, both of us obviously growing up in Indy are, uh, are huge fans of, of Raceway Park and pavement racing in general. And, um, and so Kyle, I guess we can start there, uh, just with the resurgence of everything that, you know, has, has kind of taken place at Lucas Oil Raceway over the last, uh, couple of years. How exciting is it for you as a guy who uh, who loves pavement racing and is obviously really good at it? Yeah, I mean, it's super cool for a guy like me. And like I said, you you would probably understand it more than a lot of people because we both grew up in central Indiana. And we were when we were kids, you know, Dave Steele was winning 50 grand at IRP. And that was kind of like our heroes at the time. That's what we wanted to do. And uh, I always thought, man, I kind of grew up in the wrong generation. I'm uh, I like I like pavement. I'm big you know got a talent for it but it was kind of dead there for a while and now all of a sudden like kind of with uh silver crown starting the transition of having some good races at irp and then COVID, all of a sudden it was like pavement midgets came back and sprint cars came back with the resurgence thanks to casey kohler there at irp and it was like pavement's back and uh and maybe you know maybe we are in the right generation here to to get some good pavement racing at this time of year we do we do appreciate uh, Casey Kohler and his passion for pavement racing because Dylan and I both love IRP. Saw so many races there. Um, Kyle Larson and Tracy Hines duking it out. You battling, you know, of course, with 
um, the Swansons and, and Santos and, you know, Dave Steele, of course, probably the most legendary pavement racer of all time. But recently there have been some really, really good ones. Of course, what makes it a little bit more disappointing is when I think about having you guys on is the fact that you guys don't get a chance at the Indy 500. I think I complain about it every May. But um, you guys, there's some really good pavement race car drivers that race in use. Yeah, it's a, it's really taken off, and it's a good core group of guys that are that are running at IRP. Um, it, you know, you're racing against guys like, you know, when you when you run second to a guy like Cody Swanson, you don't you don't feel bad, you know, about running second to a guy like that when you know he's one of the best. You guys got. Let's me talk there? about. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, sometimes okay. we'll just we'll switch off and, and go to a one shot, but um, but you're good there. Um, yeah, and, and and just kind of expanding on that too. You know, I think the cool thing about this is that uh, you know for a, for a long time, when specifically with pavement midgets, you know, when it it kind of went away, everybody always asked the question, you know, well, are there even any cars left? You know, are there are there good cars left that people you know can feel to to bring it back if it ever did come back? And I think that's that's part of the coolest thing, you know, for, you know, your situation, obviously you've got, uh, you know, Bobby East with with all three of your your cars, the midget, the sprint car and the silver crown car. But um, there's guys like Scott Petrie who, you know, who are involved with cars, um, you know, and, and it's a good it's a good quality group of, of cars. Alex Bowman is, is rebuilding a pavement midget. So it's not like it's. Um, it's not like it's just, you know, a bunch of guys that pulled some cars out of the rafters, right? I mean, there's some really, really nice equipment and obviously good drivers, too. Yeah, I, the way I always look at it is, like, if somebody wants – in racing, if someone wants to make something happen, they'll make it happen and they'll bring good cars. And it took it took a track like IRP, which puts on some good racing. It's a, it's a premier track. Um, there's, a, there's a level of prestige there. There's a level of uh, – nostalgia there so when when they decided to bring it back at irp i think it was the right time and the right track and and and, and it it was further proven to be a good idea when like some really nice cars showed up last year to the first race i mean i think originally people were thinking there might be 10 cars and next thing you know there's you know in the upper 20s and it's very quality cars i mean um a lot of guys that I, I raced with in nema up on the east coast they brought like eight cars out a couple guys from the west coast and then, you know, guys around here that, you know, run run dirt teams all of a sudden decided to build some really nice pavement cars. So it, when people want to make something happen, and, and then, then I feel like they will. And, and then a lot of these teams that we're talking about, they don't show up with junk and, and they're, they're going to show up to win. And that's what made it cool. It wasn't just like a one-off deal. A lot of these guys built the cars with anticipation of getting to run it again this year. That's why I'm so excited there's more races on the schedule because guys dumped a lot of money and time into building these cars. And for you know, a guy like Casey Kohler to kind of give him the opportunity to race it more than once really made it worthwhile for a lot of teams. Over the years, you guys have driven for a lot of cool owners, um, including, you know, the Mel Kenyans. And, you know, the, the Kenyan group is is very, very awesome. We went over there the other day uh, and did a shoot with them. Just they have a living museum uh, over over there in, on, on the, you know, the west side of Indy. I mean, there's – they got they got machines in there from the you know the 70s at the speedway that they have literally still use you know like it's it's uh, it's pretty entertaining to go over there and talk to Mel and, and those guys and Don uh, you know brilliant mechanical minds and you've gotten to work with them over the years. 
Yeah, I, I always say I don't really know how it worked out, but I kind of linked up here, I guess, at this point in my career with some good car owners that um, have just kind of taken me under their wing and to be able to be able to show up to Don and Mel's shop and then, them let me run their cars at, at Fort Wayne and anytime outdoors that we want um, and then go over to Bob's shop, which is right down the road. Um, I've got some really good historical knowledge of racing and, and, a, and a good passion for it in my corner and it's, it's really cool to drive for guys like that. I mean, like I said, Don and Mel are, are legends of the sport, not, you know, from a, from a holistic point, they started in midgets and made it all the way to the top of the Indy 500. And then, you know, in our, you know, our, most of our summer racing, I'm driving for Bob East, who's, you know, proven to be one of the most experienced car builders and car owners in the midgets, silver crown and sprint car ranks. So just a, just a great group of guys that I drive for. And it, it, it really takes a lot of the stress off of me when I know that, the guys I'm driving for aren't, aren't the issue. When, when we're struggling, you know, there's there's something else that could be on my driving style or it could be something else, but you never have to question the guys you're driving for. The funny thing too about all those guys that you mentioned, and I'm even thinking of like, uh, just thinking back through all the guys that you've worked with or driven for on the pavement side, like Steve Lewis, obviously with the nine car, um, and then even our friend Mike Hurst, um, and then to Bob and, and now Mel, you know, Mel and Don, they're all they're all interesting personalities, right? They're all they're all super yeah. super smart guys, and and obviously successful in in their own individual endeavors. But uh, they've all been pretty unique personalities that you've gotten to work with through the years too. Oh yeah, I mean that that's part of the fun of racing. I mean, you know, you all want to you all want to go there and win. You all want to be fast. You want to work on the cars, but that camaraderie that you have with the guys that you're working with and, and the, the stories that they tell and, um, you know, the jokes that get passed around, that's what, that's what keeps people coming back. Cause you know, working at the shop and, and, and going to races, you know, is, is, is only really half of racing. It, there's a lot of travel that's involved in between a lot of day, boring days at the shop over the winter and, you know, getting to hear stories from Mel from the sixties, you know, and, and then getting to hear stories from Bob and all these guys over the years is just, it's just hilarious to, uh, you know, me only being 28 years old. And I think I have like a lot of like cool experiences and they've like, they've got 500 times more, you know, <laughs> examples of something I've ran into. <laughs> yeah. They, those are some, those are some cool characters. So, um, I wanted to ask you about racing with Dylan. You, you race quarter midgets. I don't know if you raced against Dylan, um, but oh, yeah. if you did, did you, ever, yeah. did you have any run-ins or anything? <laughs> oh yeah. There was like, we had a really good crop of quarter midget drivers that raced at mini Indy with us. Um, you know, like Tyler Courtney raced there, AJ Hopkins. I hate to even throw out names cause there's like so many guys that came out of that era that raced with us at mini Indy that like are still really successful in racing. And a couple of us, it seemed like as little kids, we had like magnets attracted to our car where we we're all running just fast enough to get in each other's way and and like one week it would be you know you'd be charging into somebody and then you're you're trying to argue if back in the day they had like a line that if you were had your car to a certain you know certain point on the other guy's car by the line then it was a block or a charge and they're always trying to trying to figure it out and like it, part of that goes into like there was a lot of good drivers and we were all fast and we were all just like trying to race around to was it like a 20th of a mile track and trying to pass each other and it seemed like every week we're we were dinging doors but i mean it, it was cool to race with the guys that we raced with because i mean a lot of us are still very active in the sport um 
you know, including Dylan. I mean, Dylan still holds his own in the dirt cars. And then you got, you know, everybody else is just out doing stuff. And it's like, man, that was a all within a couple year period at many Indian quarter midgets. And, uh, but I always say if, if Logan ramp decides to pick, stop picking up the guitar and get into the sprint car, we're all screwed. And that's the inside. Yep. That only the many Indy guys will get. <laughs> yeah. We had like, we had Wes McIntyre and Dakota Jackson. And, um, I mean, it, it was a, it was a good group of guys. Kyle and I had a year where, I mean, we like, we, I was, he won the championship the one year and I was like basically finished second, but like we had a year where it seemed like every other weekend we were, you know, we were battling for the win and running into each other. And one of us would spin yeah. out and crash and the other, other one would win. So, uh, so yeah, we go back a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there a video Dylan we shared one time on rip the fence where you guys like got out and high fived each other or something or that was me and AJ. Was that, was that Kyle? Oh, that was AJ. I think, that was AJ Hopkins. Yeah, I think AJ and I did that. Didn't I think Kyle? Didn't you guys? You like the next year or something? Didn't you guys do something in the infield too together? Yeah, uh, it was kind of funny because AJ. You know, AJ was like he was a couple years older than all of us, so he was like the role model of all the quarter midget guys. He was the cool kid at the track, and he was like, "Man, because because I had pretty much wrapped up the championship, pretty much just had to finish the race." And he's like, "Hey, if you win, you know, come down in the infield, and you're going to do a burnout." And uh, so I like crossed the line and he won the race. And I think I got like third or fourth, but we won the championship and he parked in the infield and he was like, you know, tell, giving me the signal to come down and do a burnout. But it was like midnight and the grass had a bunch of dew on it. And I just pull into the infield and try to gun it and just, just a, just a push right into his car and just slam into his car and just destroy the front end of my car. And they had to carry my car, carry my car back to tech all torn up because of my burnout. <laughs> he, he, he laughed about that for years. Oh man. Good old, good old quarter measure times. No, but so many of you guys have turned out to be such great race car drivers, you know, sunshine and you know, was a little bit into the micros, but also, you know, some quarter midgets and, um, you know, with Hopkins, who you, he seems like he wins four championships a year um, at, at racetracks nowadays in Indiana. So, um, so yeah. Britain, you, you know, you've, you've held your own, too. You've won some big races. You know, you, you won, uh, I think I called a race that you won at Ileana, um, but you won at IRP. I mean, what, what would you say is your biggest career accomplishment thus far? Well, to me, like, we won the Little 500 in 2017, and that was obviously, like, my biggest win at the time. But Winning my first Silver Crown race was more meaningful to me just because of the the history of the series. And IRP was a track I really struggled at. I mean, I've, I've always been decent at Anderson. And, you know, it, we always had a car that was kind of expected to win that race. But the first time I went to IRP and Bob's car um, was the year before we won. And I got lapped twice. I mean, just just could not figure out how to, how to keep my momentum up around the long turns. And it was something that we worked at at every other track we went to after that race, even though it wasn't IRP, there was things that we could, that we could work at. And Bob just kept working with me, working with me, working with me. He'd always say, Hey, this is going to translate over to IRP when we go back next, you know, in May. And then when we came back, I mean, and he'll tell you the same thing. We didn't change a single thing on the car chassis wise, it just worked on my driving over the course of a year. And we were able to pull off a win. And that was more, gratifying to me because of the, the history of the silver crown series um irp is a track i always wanted to win at but didn't really think we could ever pull it off just because it was like my achilles heel of a track i felt like everywhere else i could run up front when we got to irp it was kind of questionable how we were going to run and so to, to take that monkey off the bat gave me a lot of confidence 
as far as like, hey, if I can win at IRP now, you know, what, you know, what can, where can we take this? I feel like I can win about anywhere. And, and ever since then, it seems like we've been, we've been able to put our cars up front um, and, and we kind of like are in the hunt to win a lot more races now that I've figured out how to run those style of tracks. How much does that, what you learned, translate to the sprint car and the midget at IRP too? It, it translates a ton because the silver crown car is the biggest of the ones we run. It's the, everything, everything is magnified in the silver crown car. So like if you try to slow the car down in the corner, you just slow down way more weight than your midget and sprint car. So if you can figure out how to get a silver crown car really working and really, and really, you know, not bogging down the car, if you can figure that out when you get in a midget and sprint car, it actually is a little easier. And I kind of figured that out when we won a sprint car race last year at IRP, it was an auto value super sprint race. And this is the first time I had been in a sprint car anywhere other than, um, other than Anderson. But I mean, we were right up to speed immediately and was able to win just because of what I had learned in the silver crown car and the sprint car actually felt a little easier to, to get around there because I had driven that boat around so many times that when you got in something a little shorter wheelbase, I mean, I was, I was able to figure it out pretty quick. How often have you uh, raced a Winchester? I've never raced there. Um, I got my first test in uh, last week and it was just an awesome experience. I mean, there's a lot going on <laughs> the whole time you're going around there. I mean, we're, I've watched videos, um, raced at Salem, which is similar, but until you get out there, it, there's just a lot going on. It's, it, it's a little rougher than it looks from the outside. I mean, I, I, I watched a couple guys go around there and I thought, ah, you know, it kind of looks like, looks like a high bank that we go to, you know, anywhere else. But when you get out there, it's a, it's a different animal just because you don't lose a lot of speed. You, you carry so much speed into turn one that you feel like, you're going to have to really slow down to get the car to go through the turn and you barely punch the brake and you're already back in the gas. It's definitely a, it's definitely going to be a good race uh, come July now that it's been rescheduled, but um, it's going to be a battle of attrition because it's going to wear some guys out and it's going to be who can get their self comfortable on the high banks for a hundred laps. Cause you know, I think what a lot of guys are doing, you know, 10, 15 lap stints, but hundred laps can be a long time around there. As crazy as it is in that big silver crown car, can you imagine running around there in a twitchy little midget? Oh man, I can't imagine it. I was kind of talking to Bob about it. Uh, you know, we were, we were watching the test session together and, uh, and he was like, man, you should have seen Jeff Gordon come, go around here. He's like, he would go to sections of the track that like didn't even look like you could get a car there and he wouldn't even lift. And he's like, he's like, it just blew my mind. He's like, I just stand down here in the infield just shaking my head like how hard he was driving that midget around there and how much the car was moving and twitching and bumping and he's like you know basically in a nice way saying you guys don't you don't even know half half of what you know the midget guys used to do around here hmm. <laughs> yeah because basically those silver crown cars are a little bit safer to run there let's be honest um those those things uh can take a little bit more of a beating and the midgets, you know, one mistake, I mean, I guess it was Tony Stewart in a sprint car, but those midgets could end up in the trees back there, um, you know, with just with just one turn of the wheel. I mean, it's that place is, you know, not for the faint of heart. No, no. The Silver Crown car definitely drives a little bit, a little bit smoother around there. It lessens some of the some of the bumps and some of the, I guess, some of the parts of the track that are that are more wicked. It, it slows things down a little bit. Um, but I still do think, um, you know, 
the guys are going to have to, there's going to be a level of respect there. The guys are going to have to use to, um, to compete for a hundred laps there. It's a long time. And, um, you're going to have to, you're going to have to slow some things down in order to complete all hundred laps around there. All right. Before we let you go, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you how dad life's treating you. Uh, you and your wife, Jenna had twins, um, yep. over the winter, I guess now. So, uh, how's, uh, how's everybody doing? It's going well. Things get easier every day. Um, there's six months, they just turned six months old, um, two boys and, um, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Honestly, it's something that's hard to describe until you're, until you're there. I mean, I never, I mean, see a lot of people have kids, but now that I've got them and, and watching them grow, it's, it's really rewarding. And, um, honestly, like I'm looking forward to, to like pavement racing coming back right as they're growing up, because it'll be really cool memories for them. And, you know, there is a level of, you know, guys talk about like, Hey, you know, you had kids, you're probably done racing, you know? And, and for me, it was kind of the opposite. I was kind of like, man, you know, now that I've got these, these boys, like I want them to, I want them to be standing in the infield at the little 500, you know, I'm running for Bob East. This guy's like a legend of the sport. I want, I want them to be around that. I want them to be soaking it all in. And, um, I think it'll be cool for them to go up around the track and really looking forward to get them to some races, uh, this summer. We took them to Winchester and let them watch practice and they had their headphones on and they didn't they just sat there and relaxed they liked it so they seem like they're going to do good at the track i'm looking forward to getting around the around the racetrack and making some memories with them for sure and we appreciate you doing your part and we we try every single week to um get as much love to the pavement crowd and you know we appreciate casey cola for bringing it back um it's completely sickening and i say this every single year we've dylan and i've been doing this for four years um that you and cody swanson and tanner swanson and bobby santos and these guys don't get a shot to race on sunday at the indy 500 it's sickening these car owners need to fix it but they won't yeah um, because you know it's not it's not you know money's not green you know your money's not green enough i guess yeah it's tough um you know watching cody wheel one of those formula cars around irp last year was a was a step in the right direction for that for that side of things i mean he he has what it takes uh to make it there and um you know i obviously i feel like i do and a lot of other guys but you know he would be a good ambassador you know to for our style of racing pavement midget silver crown sprint car you know if he can you know win a couple more races at that level it kind of shows those guys that we you know we have the the smoothest and the the long race mentality from the silver crown races to run a longer race like the 500. Yeah, absolutely. And someday, someday that front engine, uh, you know, stigma will go away. Um, and you guys will be able to race for the Indy 500 again, like they used to back in the old days. Um, yep. but for those, those who are in Indianapolis and, and around for the month of May, where can they see you race IRP in the little 500 right this year? Yeah, so we'll be uh, we'll be at IRP on Friday, uh, May twenty eighth. Um, it'll be the Carb Night Classic. We'll be both in the Midget and the Silver Crown, you know, right here in Brownsburg. And then um, Saturday night we'll be back up at Anderson with the Sprint Car for the Little Five Hundred. I mean, I tell all my friends and family that if you're ever trying to pick a weekend to watch me race or watch any racing, you might as well go to go to IRP Anderson and then head to the head to the big track on Sunday because. You're going to get to see about every level of racing in a three-day <laughs> span that, that you can find. Yeah, no doubt about that. Cool, dude. Thanks for your time and um, and good luck next week with everything. And, and um, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. We have a new presenting sponsor, Dylan. 
we have a new presenting sponsor of this podcast. Uh, FlowRacing.com has signed a new presenting sponsor for the flagship podcast. Not the flagship podcast because Anderson Fortan is uh, the flagship podcast. But, you know, the Loud Pedal brand is now sponsored. It is a big partnership deal um, with QuickPits.com. QuickPits.com. Sweaty Pits is, is more like what I got, right? <laughs> QuickPits.com. No, let me tell you about QuickPits.com. It's your one-stop shop for over 350,000 national parts and accessories from the brands you demand. Truck, Jeep, auto, and ATV with fast, free shipping to your door. Use promo code FLOWSPORTS at checkout for additional savings. That's Flow Sports, F-L-O Sports. Gentlemen, start your engines. The race car is pure historic. They are the ancestors of the current Indianapolis car. But we're not here for horses, we're here for horsepower. Kyle Hamilton, everyone, on episode 36 of the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing. Uh, D. Welch, I'm pretty sure that you just invite these guys on to piss me off every year, um, you know, about Cody and, and these guys not racing in the Indy 500. But, uh, you know, now that I sat through about a three-hour interview of Robin Miller explaining to me why it's not happening anymore, um, I understand it, but at the same time, I don't. It's it's pretty ridiculous. Well, I mean, the talent, I mean, the talent has never, you know, I don't think has ever been the issue. Uh, I mean, for any of these guys, whether it's dirt or pavement, but, um, you know, like Kyle said, I mean, the fact that, um, you know, even for a guy like Cody, who has raced dirt, you know, sprint cars and, you know, had dirt silver crown cars, obviously, and had success. Um, the absence of pavement racing for a guy like him is a huge, a huge loss and a huge stepping stone for him to get to that next level that's been absent for the last, you know, seven, eight years. So for it to come back as strongly as it has, um, as quickly as it has, you know, I think. I think it kind of brings that discussion back to the table in a, in a, in a way, you know, um, there's obviously still a lot of, of factors that, that would come into play for before that happens. But I think the fact that it's back um, is super encouraging. And, and there's so many guys out there that, um, that don't have the laps or the experience or the, the desire to race on dirt uh, that are super talents, mega talents. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just excited that we get the chance to, to watch them again. And I tell, I tell everybody who will listen, there is nothing cooler to me. There's no cooler race car in this world than a pavement midget. Um, at, and especially at a place like Raceway Park, um, because they're so twitchy. You know, the cars are never completely stuck in the racetrack. They're never stable. I mean, it's a driver's racetrack and you can move around and you can manipulate the car to your style and and it's a racer's racetrack with a racer's car so 
Uh, and, and that goes even for the sprint car and silver crown too, but especially the midgets. I just love pavement midgets and um, so appreciative of, of Casey Kohler and everybody at, at Lucas Oil Raceway for doing what they've done to, to bring it back. And uh, I know they've made a lot of people happy, Kyle included, obviously, and because it allows him to race a lot more than he has the last few years. Um, but myself too, as a, as a guy who grew up uh, at that racetrack, and that's what made me want to be a race car driver was watching pavement midgets at IRP. So I'm, uh, I'm glad they're back too. You and Kevin Studley and, you know, Cody Swanson and Tanner Swanson, the Swanson boys, Bobby Santos, all you guys love pavement racing. And I do too. It's, it's tremendous racing. I got in trouble, I think last year. Um, you know, I think I said there was going to be you and Kevin Studley and a few other guys showing up to the race and they didn't like that. They had good car counts last year and we got to give them credit uh, for what Casey Kohler and IRP has done, bringing huge money to racing and, Let's face it, Dylan, uh, the night before the 500 is back, baby. I mean, the night before the 500 is one of the coolest races there is, and people stop showing up to it. Well, guess what? Show up. Show up this year and yeah. it'll stay. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the biggest thing, you know, is, is um, you know, it's it's Friday night of, of 500 weeks, so it's it's the Carb Night Classic, uh, you know, so it doesn't compete with Little 500. But, um, right. you know, in principle, it's, it's you know, it's the same. It's midgets at, at Raceway Park uh, you know, on, on Indy 500 weekend. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's what we need is we need people to show up. Um, you know, you need people that all these people that have complained for years that they're gone, well, you better be there. Uh, first of all, you know, that if, if, and, and like Kyle said, I mean, it's a fantastic weekend. Um, cause you got the, the midgets and, and silver crown cars at raceway park on Friday, the little 500, which is one of the coolest races in the entire world on Saturday. And then the, you know, the big race on Sunday, obviously. So, um, and, and, but you need people to show up. So you need people to support it for it to stick around. So, um, but to your point too, um, and, and like Kyle said, and, and I think hopefully we can get these entry lists put up on the screen now to kind of go over a little bit, but, um, you know, there's a really, really strong entry of, of midgets, uh, entered on Friday, 28 cars. Um, and, you know, hopefully a few more that show up, but, um, you know, just kind of looking at, at some of the, the highlights of, of the midget, midget side. Um, you know, obviously Cody Swanson's going to be back. Um, he's going to run for Jerome Rodella, who um, has a super, super nice race car. He's got nice everything, but a beautiful pavement midget um, with Ed Pink Toyota Power, which is going to be a, a really exciting combination. I'm excited to, to watch. Um, Justin Grant is going to run a pavement midget, which is also going to be super exciting. Uh, the car that Cody vacated um, that's owned by Nick Bohannon. So Justin Grant's going to run that. We talked about Kyle's brother, Nick, um, going to run um, for uh, Scott Petrie with with Kenny Irwin. Um, you know, kind of a combo effort there, which is going to be a teammate to Cody's brother, Tanner Swanson, who obviously is a pavement stud night before the 500 winner in 2011 or 10, maybe. Um, and then you've got uh, Todd Bertrand, who's uh, a, a car owner from the Northeast with NEMA, um, who's got a new race car. And then I think the maybe the most exciting one is the return of Josh Wise um, to pavement racing and, and USAC racing or, you know, midget racing, um, who's going to run for Alex Bowman, who, you know, of course, just won the cup race on Sunday and has uh, probably the nicest and most meticulously built car in that entire pit area. Um, so... <laughs> You know those those five guys right there. Obviously, it's a it's a super good list. Plus everybody else that's um, you know that's entered on that list as well. There's you know there's a lot of exciting names. You know Thomas Meserol obviously will be there. Bobby Santos, 
um, you know, Dalton Armstrong's coming back. So there's a, a lot of really cool, um, you know, really cool additions and, and returns for some guys and names that we're familiar with. Um, and the Silver Crown list as well is, is obviously a good list, uh, 27 entries for them. Um, you got Logan Seavey, who is obviously a name that's familiar to, to short track racing fans, is going to drive for Robbie Rice, who's the son of Larry Rice. Taylor Ferns is coming back. Um, so you've got some some strong female contingency there. Cody Swanson will be there racing for Doran. Um, Nathan Bird is running for Davey Hamilton um, of the fame Jonathan Bird family. Um, and then obviously Justin Grant is back, uh, you know, to defend his Silver Crown title, but, you know, still trying to find a win on pavement. So um, it's super exciting to me. I don't, I'm sure people can tell how passionate and excited I am about this, about this, you know, return and, um, you know, strong return at that. So, um, hope everybody can check it out, you know, all weekend. And, and, um, you know, obviously if you're, if you're close and you're, you're able to go support it in person, because, uh, it'll be a super fun night. The throttle back in the silver crown pavement cars. No, uh, 28 midgets and 27 silver crown cars. That's a tremendous car count. Uh, congrats, congratulations to IRP and USAC. Um, for getting this list of drivers. I can't wait to see Josh Wise race. I can't wait to see Timez, who has won, I believe, on the Thunder Series in a midget. Uh, was it on pavement or was that on dirt? I can't remember. Um, I don't know. His, I mean, his very first, like, USAC start was a pavement race, um, I think, at, like, Pike's Peak. Um, yeah. And nobody'd ever heard of it. Nobody'd ever heard of him. And I think he finished like on the podium or something, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously team as is always exciting. So, um, and he's got a super nice car with, uh, with RMS, you know, the Matt Step owns. Um, so mm -hmm. it's going to be, it's going to be, and, and that's the thing, you know, it's, it's not like you got 20, 28, 27 cars of guys that are just, you know, field fillers. I mean, it's legitimately good cars, you know, nice equipment, really good drivers. Um, you know, it's his, and, the Silver Crown deal is the same way. I mean, they, you know, they worked, uh, USAC's worked really hard to just build the Silver Crown series up in general, and they've kind of done it on the dirt side. But to have 27 pavement Silver Crown cars, I mean, that's awesome. That's super cool. So, um, you know, my hat goes off to everybody, you know, responsible, you know, Casey Kohler on the, you know, kind of on the midget side. And then uh, even on the Silver Crown side too, and, you know, in, in partnership with USAC to just get this thing back to, you know, to have a strong heartbeat again is, is, really awesome yeah and if you're setting dirt draft lineups so for the midgets jesse love might be a sleeper like that mm -hmm. kid is good like he yeah, he's he a good pavement racer right yeah he's, he races out with bcra um you know in midgets and then obviously has run uh has been running k and n or, or arca um you know for the last couple years so yeah he's he's a young young talent to run for keith coons and the, the dirt midget side as well so uh he's a gasser and then Aaron Pierce on the Silver Crown side might be my sleeper uh, for my dirt draft team. Uh, let's get into our Sun Dollar Restoration Hat Shakes of the Week brought to you by Sun Dollar Restoration. Jason and Kim based in Carmel, Indiana. That's the hometown of Dylan Welch. They are also supporters of Dylan Welch and Zeb Wise. They support racing. They also support Indiana homes and businesses by restoring, you know, your houses or your businesses that have fire mold, water damage, storm damage, they will do that at sundollarrestoration.net. Check them out. 
This is the Sun Dollar Restoration Hat Shake of the Week. D. Welch, I don't want to go through all these winners. I did post an article on flowracing.com that is the sprint car winners for week. Uh, well, for May 16th, the weekend of May 16th. I did one last week too. Um, but there are some big ones. Uh, the Outlaws at Lincoln, Brad Sweet won. But then, of course, Aaron Reitzel makes it to victory lane, which my, my hat shake is going to Aaron Reitzel, not for winning the Morgan Cup. But forgiven no shits. Um, he literally does not care that no one likes him. And I am not joking. And he know this, knows this and everyone knows this. And everyone on sprint car racing knows this. No one in that pit area likes Aaron Reitzel right now. And he does not care. He doesn't care. Yep. And that's the kind of race car driver that I like. Yep. You're, you're absolutely right. He, uh, he, I don't think it bothers him in the slightest that people probably don't like him or that people disagree with how he drives. So he just does this thing. And, um, you know, that's the fact you're right. The fact that he doesn't care is why people like him. It's the same way with, with blue that we had on last week. He just does what he wants to do. And if you like him, great. And if you don't, well, no skin off his nose. I think, I heard him in victory lane about the boot. It's like, I guess he was being booed a lot, right? When he got out of the car and did the, the cage stand and he then gets on the mic and he's like, those are all Dietrich fans. They all hate me. The problem is Dietrich sucks right now. So uh, I don't care about if they're booing me or not. And then he ended the sentence there. It's like, Jesus, that's my new, that's my new favorite driver. Yep. He says it like it is. There's no doubt about that. The problem, the problem is I don't think those were all Dietrich fans booing him. I don't think they were because Dietrich, Dietrich doesn't have that many fans in PA. He's, he's disliked in PA too. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, you know, I think it, yeah, half of it's probably, it's the popular thing right now to not like him. So people are just going to boo him because, you know, everybody else doesn't like him. Dietrich did have a good start to the year and he's, he's been pretty good this year um, up, up until now. Uh, you know, I think I was listening to Gravel's vlog. You know, Williams Grove is just a different beast. I mean, that place, if you roll in there off, you're going to be, like, way off. You could be, like, three seconds off at that place uh, if you just are a tick loose or a tick tight. Well, it's, yeah, it's just such a weird place. I mean, it's, you know, got super long, fast straightaways. And then you got to, you know, get the car slowed way down for the, its, its tight little corners. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird place. And so, you, you know, you got to be – you got to have everything set up right to get on the straightaways fast, but you also have got to have it set up to get the thing stopped and, you know, turned through the corner. So um, it's a tough, it's a tough place. You know, I mean, that's why it's, it's so highly regarded, you know, is in sprint car racing is it's, it's a tough place to win. And, um, you know, means a lot to people when they do. A tip of the cap to Tyler Courtney for winning his first flow racing all-star event. It was at the I-96 speedway, about 40 miles from my house, D Welch. That place is big and fast. Did you ever announce there? Because I announced there with USAC, but they have changed the uh, configuration since then. Yeah, I never, I've never been up there. Yeah, well, you you raced at Berlin, obviously, which is another one of my home tracks uh, and the midgets. But I ninety six, a big old boy. Um, congratulations to Tyler Courtney winning there. And then the next night with the All Stars, Kyle Reinhardt goes to victory lane for the first time. With the all-stars we already talked about this last week Reitzel larson these boys being gone new winners and new first-time winners and you know winners who haven't won in a long time yeah and kyle reinhardt's a guy you know who's who's 
um, you know, been ra- he's raced in PA and, um, you know, has been, I think this is his first year on the all-star tour, you know, full time, but, um, you know, super talented guy, another guy that, uh, that I raced quarter midgets against. Um, but, um, you know, super talent and, uh, was another guy that, you know, just kind of was only going to be a matter of time, I think before he, uh, you know, before he got one. So cool for the all-stars that, uh, you know, that there was two first time winners in one weekend. Breaking Twitter over the weekend was Robert Bell for winning his first sprint car race of his entire career. Congratulations to our buddy Robert Bell, the Colfax Comet, who probably built that sprint car inside of a trailer at his house and then probably watched Jerry Springer while making love in that thing, right? Yeah, so he says. That's who That's who my hat shake was going to be. Uh, was uh was for old bobby bell um and i think the coolest thing about it is that he wanted at oskaloosa you know it wasn't like he wanted at some you know random dirt track somewhere like he wanted at oski like that's kind of cool so um he's got a he's got his midget win he's got his sprint car win now we just need to get him in a crown car somewhere and he'll just have the go ahead and just get the trifecta <laughs> get the triple crown <laughs> yeah. the triple crown of what race wins you have to understand something about Robert Bell. Robert Bell like thinks he's like really fast, which he is. Like you know, he he does pretty good for the equipment that he has. Like, dude, that thing is a hunk of metal. Like, and, and, and you know, he does a really good job for what he's got. But you know, sometimes he likes to stretch the truth a little bit about how fast he is. Um, you know, he won a heat race at the Chili Bowl, which was literally the biggest moment of the entire Chili Bowl that year. Um, you know, he's, dude, that guy, he is one of the most entertaining people you ever meet. Just walk up to him at the chili bowl and just ask him a few questions and and you'll know, um, uh, you know, half an hour later, uh, what I'm talking about. So, uh, Robert Bell is, you know, he's what makes the sport, what the sport is. He is a racer. He's a true racer. And, and, and we're about to have this piece that comes out, you know, what is a racer? Well, a racer is not just a race car driver. It's not just a car owner or a sponsor or a fan or an announcer racer is someone who just lives and breathes. It does nothing else, but, you know, enjoying the fact that racing is on, you know, has flow on or dirt vision or whatever, instead of watching all the other piss that's on TV right now. So, you know, that's a true racer and Robert Bell is a true racer. Congratulations on the win. Do you got any more on that? No, I, I completely agree. Um, you know, I think he's, uh, he, I mean, he's, he's his, he's his own man, right? I mean, he's, he's one of a kind, but, uh, he's a racer at heart. And, um, and I think, you know, that's, it's cool when, it's cool when guys who just genuinely care about the sport, you know, and, and just, you know, want to race because they love it genuinely and they, you know, want to do it because they can, it's cool when they get rewarded for their success. So I like it. It is, um, there are a bunch of other winners. I think I saw Jaden Rogers won at Bloomington. Brady Bacon won at Gas City with Boss. Dominic Selzy. Oh, we, dude, we forgot about Dominic Selzy. How about the four, Pete? Yeah, pretty impressive. Four races for Dominic Selzy in the Peter Murphy Classic. Two of them coming at Keller Auto Speedway. One in the 361 and the 410. He won both of them. Then the next night, does it again at Tulare. Uh, and, and the four the four pack, if you will, of the Peter Murphy Classic won both the features at Tulare. Dominic Selzy made a lot of money over the weekend and also sold a lot of t-shirts 
with his, you know, flow racing victory lane interviews of him drinking champagne and, um, you know, moonshine and, and going all rotten burgundy on us. Like that guy is pretty entertaining. He is. He's a Selzy. That's for sure. He's, uh, he's, <laughs> he's definitely Gary's son and Gio's brother. That's for sure. <laughs> cool. Duncan wanted atomic max Stamball one at Butler motor speedway. Uh, he was ripping around the cushion at 996 too at the all-stars. Uh, Cole Macedo won at Fremont in the wing sprint cars. Did I miss any of the non-wing winners? I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, like Justin I said, Grant I do not care. Who who was that at Lawrenceburg? Grant. Oh yeah, yeah. Fifteenth, the first. Did you did you see um his cage stand where he did the old Macho Man? I don't know if that yeah, was I like guess. a. Uh, he, was, he was since he passed Bacon to win. Was that like a slap in his face or you know that was what was that? Was that that that's copyright? I'm sure. I'm sure it was just him teasing Brady. So um, that, and I mean, Justin, that place, he's made that his personal playground for years. But I think I saw that he is now like the all-time feature winner at Lawrenceburg with that win. So um, pretty cool. And um, my friend Maria Kofer won at, uh, what, at Petaluma too with the USAC Western States Midgets. So um, busy weekend, lots of, lots of racers going and uh, getting it done. And then also Briggs Danner. I wanted to give a shout out to him. He's won a lot of um, USAC East Coast races this year. Uh, so congratulations yeah, three, four, to the right? winners. What's that? Four? Did you say? I think I think I think he's won three out of the four races so far this year. Yeah, I think Bright won the other one, but uh, they he has been tremendous this year. He might he might crack the top ten in the non-wing rankings that will come out uh, sometime this week when I get to him. Also, the wing sprint car rankings will be out. Who will be at the top of that? Will be Carson Macedo, who won. Uh, the first night with the World of Outlaws at Williams Grove, or will Brad Sweet continue the top spot as he uh, won at Lincoln, or um, you know Aaron Reitzel? Does he jump to the top? We'll, we'll see. Um, all those guys have been in the top ten uh, here in the past few weeks. D Welch, are you going to Indy? Are you working uh, around Circle City? My camper is nearly complete, and I will be going to Circle City uh, to attend those two races. Hopefully, Gas City and Kokomo. So it's going to be a four pack. Uh, flow racing all-stars for me this weekend yep i'm uh, i'm in indy right now actually uh doing stuff at the speedway for 500 practice the next three days and um and and then headed home so i'm glad to glad to be home for a few days congratulations to robert bell or as dylan called him bobby bell i never heard that one that uh christopher's cousin on uh getting the win congratulations to uh robert bell and then, of course, uh, my hat shake going to Aaron Reitzel, who gives no shits about anyone um, being pissed off at him. He will race you hard. He will race his mother hard. And he is likely going to win a lot of races here if they can get that thing right, which they did at Williams Grove over the weekend with the World of Outlaws. All right. More sprint car news at flowracing.com. Again, thanks to Casey Kohler and Kyle Hamilton, who – um, you know, helped us this week promoting the fact that we released the entry lists for the Carb Night Classic Silver Crown and Midget Races at IRP. D. Welch, have fun at the track uh, and then going home, I guess, and, and hanging out on the lake in Charlotte. And we should remind everybody that you can watch the Carb Night Classic right here on Flow. So um, that's next next Friday. Uh, what is that date? The 28th or 27th? 28th. Next Friday, the 28th. So um, if you can't make it, be sure to tune in and, and check it out.
We'll leave you with a teaser. I just got off the phone yesterday with Stevie Reeves, who uh, wants to bring on one of his friends, Dylan Welch, again, like we used to do the old school uh, interviews. We can do a four box now so we can, um, you know, potentially bring on some people. I told him that we should maybe introduce, um, you know, his, you know, his friend Kevin Olson to, to the new audience here at Loud Pedal Podcast. Maybe, maybe KO could um, show us some of his light bulb tricks on video or, you know, how he fixes shoelaces and stuff. Um, I'm sure a video podcast with Kevin Olson would be pretty popular, wouldn't you say? I would say so. Yeah, we should do that. All right. We'll try that next week with Stevie Reeves and Kevin Olson. Until then, enjoy all the racing action on flowracing.com, Circle City, and more. This has been episode 36 of the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing.